my friend says caffeine's a drug. I said, oh, tell your friend, fuck you. I want to be a buddy with Just a little breakfast. And welcome to Breakfast Punks, a podcast about weird shit and DIY punk brought to you by Sham City Roasters and Deadbeat Donuts from Hastings, I'm Siobhan. And I'm Dave, and this is episode 50, that's 5-0, five zero, five zero. in which we're going to be talking about how it's <laughs> episode 50, that's 5-0. <laughs> the journey we've taken to the 50th episode. Well, we don't actually know if that's going to be how the narrative uh, follows out because we've prepared nothing. Uh, so let's just get that clear now. Uh, if you were if you were here for any sort of insights or or thinkings, yeah. as they say in Norfolk, thinkings, then I've done uh, then uh, you should probably go and listen to a different podcast. Just, just get that out the, the, get just, out of the way now. If you're just interested in our babble and our uh, thoughts on the last fifty episodes, which spans two years. Almost it? two Is years. Is it nearly two years? It's going to be two years in uh, January. In January. Because it's the, the New Year episode. will it be was... our usual New Year episode. There you go. Where we talk about all the positive things that have happened. How hard Indeed. is that going to be? Fucking hell. 2022 is going to be... I mean, I'm sure there's loads of positive <laughs> things that happen, but Jesus Christ. Oh, gosh. For, for those of you... year that, of misery? If you don't know, uh, on the New Year episode for the last two years... Yeah. We've gone back over all the positive news stories of the previous year. Yeah. And we've said a, a hearty goodbye to the year before. In fairness, we did have 2020 to contend with at one point. So oh, this yeah. wasn't as bad as then. But 2020 has been all right. Positives. It's been, yeah, it's been all right for me and you. But I feel like the world has fallen apart. Actually, the yeah, last... the world may have fallen apart. Well, maybe but that's just being dramatic. Maybe smidge. But we're going to celebrate our own anniversary uh selfishly hurrah today. to us hurrah to us 50 episodes who'd have thunk it um the usual apologies if you've been listening to the last i don't know eight episodes uh <laughs> the sub geniuses are still next door bashing walls down or doing whatever they're doing um, the sub geniuses have gone back to their cave i think actually it's a different, true it's a different lot now got hastings window fitters and they're equally as loud so apologies if there's banging and uh, shoveling and whatever else in the in the background we will do our best but that might just happen. Neither of us farted. <laughs> if you hear a big noise that sounds like a fart, hopefully it was not. Oh well, unless it was. We'll own up. We're not. Yeah, we're, not was, we're not. Yeah, we're not. We're not shy. We own we're not up. Bashful. To <laughs> okay. Well, we'll start with a song from Negative Measures. They are one of the bands that we played on one of our earliest episodes. I think mm-hmm. maybe the first, second, or third one. And this song is called Pressure. They're a band from Brighton, and this is from their new split with Other Half, who we played last episode, and that is out via Ven Records. So this is Negative Measures with Pressure. Oh! 
highlights of the news this Thursday. Breaking news is part of this job. You are fake news. News. This is what's happening in your world tonight. It's fucking news. Well, in following on from how 2022 has been an absolute shit show of <laughs> nightmares for everybody. For everyone. Party goers have been very deflated as a shortage of naked blow-up dolls are ruining stag and henders. Oh, God, how will we cope? <laughs> the perpetually surprised-looking dolls are not only sh- <laughs> are not the only shortage as other plastic party props such as willy jelly moulds and plastic ball and chain sets are also hard Ooh. to find. It's the latest blow to the industry after suppliers said they were struggling to get hold of willy straws earlier this year. <laughs> <laughs> what will we do without our damn willy straws? Straws. Something called Last Night of Freedom, which is Ooh. a stag and Hindu planner with a. I think that's quite an unpleasant name in a way. That's, I know people have. People a, treat I know it. it's bawdy. Yeah, uh, they said uh, we can't get our hands on the most popular naked inflatable doll for love nor money, so oh. they can actually get a number of other dolls. <laughs> the ones they can't get are the ones that have got surprised looks on their faces, i.e., are ready uh-huh. to have their yeah. faces fucked. Yeah. <laughs> um. Many items have been unavailable since before the pandemic. We haven't had a ball and chain in stock since August 2019. <laughs> and that's a stag party essential. Is it? Is it? A ball... Oh, as, oh Hang yeah. on, stag is the man, isn't it? Yeah. So, ball and chain. Oh, ball, ball and chain. Yeah, ball and chain. But doesn't the... Yeah, okay, now that makes sense. Um, they've got three suppliers and they can't get hold of any of them. There's plenty of options to pick instead, but these are stag and hen party staples. So without them, it definitely feels like something is missing. Ugh. I'm going to be blunt. I don't think anything's missing. No. I was about to say, how do you feel about stag and hen parties? I mean, I'm assuming you've probably not been on a hen party. Uh, I have been on a hen party. Good. That was very gender specific well, of you, Siobhan. No, well, I don't mean... I mean, like, the general world doesn't hasn't used to let people go on either one let people what am i talking about yeah i don't know i just went on one good um i think i've been on a couple actually i might have been on more hen parties than i've been on stag parties not surprised i think that's probably <laughs> right anyhow uh yeah they're rubbish i don't know they're pointless yeah, uh, of course i've had a, you've had, <laughs> a, stag had a stag party <laughs> went on the norfolk broads that's a good stag with, party with uh, like six boys yeah uh, we had some drinks we uh ate some food uh, we had a game of football at one point, which seems like a completely different life. Just it a wasn't boy. a competitive game of football, <laughs> I should say. It's just a lovely boys' holiday. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it was where somebody... Well, there was a lot of Norfolk going on. What, on the Norfolk Broads? Yeah, so I know I asked for a vegetarian option at one point and somebody told me that I could have a cab fare home. <laughs> That's pretty classic. But also they called, and I've, you reckon that... I've said this to you before... When they would offer you, because everything was um, carveries, mm-hmm. right? That's the, the only thing you could broads. get. Every single pub was a carvery. Yeah. And the vegetarian option, instead of the meat, was always pasta. <laughs> so you'd have a roast dinner. <laughs> and then instead the of the thing, you'd just have a little side of pasta and try not to get gravy on it. But Why, why wouldn't you put gravy on your pasta? Oh, I was young, oh, stupid, dear. Siobhan. I didn't, young you and know, foolish. Yeah, I wasn't mixing things up. Um <laughs> But they always used to call cabbage, yeah, that steam cabbage windies. Because it gave you. Do you wings. want any windies? That wasn't a very good Norfolk accent. <laughs> that was a pretty terrible. But one. yeah, I mean, because it gave you wind. But I'd never heard of it before. I'm sure I've said that to you before, and you you looked at me like I was a lunatic. Well, I've never called it windies, but I I don't know what the people of Broads call it. So um, I'm sure that you're correct. I'm sure you are. Well, I can tell you one thing that's absolutely certain. Mm-hmm. On my stag do, on any stag do that I've ever been on, yeah, there has never been a blow up doll. 
There's never been a ball and chain. Mm-hmm. There's never been any willy molds. I think you've had a few willy molds in your time. On my on my mum's stag, on my mum's stag, on my mum's hen party. Pretty sure we had willy straws. We've um, got them all in our house yeah. now. And we had blow up guitars for fun. No, we didn't. We had blow up microphones. We went round annoying everyone. We got them. them in our house as well. We do, yeah, we do. Other than that, I've been on a few hen parties, but I think I've been lucky enough to know people who didn't want to have all the kind of stripper and all the inflatable nonsense things, usually. Because otherwise, I find them really, I'm too... Um, sheepish i think and i think the whole thing's embarrassing for everyone not any no one's having a nice time I, when a stripper comes in and 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 everyone's having to pretend that they're having a nice time no like well it's of horrible. course i've never been to a strip club either so i think i'd feel quite uncomfortable about any of any of that sort of thing anyway but i think my biggest problem with it isn't really so much that i'm not bashful about that sort of thing if i had to drink through a willy straw i'd be more i think i oh, have yeah. on a number of occasions yeah. i've got no problem with that my problem is that it's just prescribed fun, isn't it? Yeah. It's just like you will have fun for the next two days. And not only will you have fun, you'll have this prescribed type of fun. Yeah. Like, oh, you're a man, are you? You yeah. have to do this. Yes. And, oh, you're a woman, are you? You have you to wear do this. this and, sash. Yeah, and you have to act like this. And you all have yeah. to make and make as much noise as you possibly Be can. Because, yeah. And that's obviously, if you want to go and have fun and make noise, please do. It's none of my fucking business. Yeah. Have, have the time of your life. Exactly. Just don't prescribe it for your friends. <laughs> and also, I think there's this like pressure to have big, expensive, lavish hen parties nowadays. Like the amount of people that like go abroad and it's like, right, we're going to this place. All buy your plane tickets and your bloody expensive hotels. Oh, and when we get there, we're doing this, that, and the other. It's very, uh, it's a very expensive version of prescribed fun nowadays. Where was the good old days where you just go around the town that you live in? In your nice dress and you get fucked up. But of course, the thing is, in the modern world, all of us... So it was the reason that was once okay to do that for a stag do is because that's not what you necessarily did every Friday and Saturday night and probably every Thursday night. Because when you were like 21, you were expected to be married and have kids and have a sensible Uh, job. And so you could let your hair down. But now we, and everybody like us, in their 30s and 40s are just having basically as much fun as people have on their stag do probably all the time well that's good no it's great that's great yeah and that's not prescribed because you think to yourself i want to get pissed so you go and get pissed you don't have to organize it six months in advance if i want to drink for a willy straw on a friday night oh fucking well that's how we should act our every day in our lives i might might drink through a willy straw every day all right you should david bring me my willy straw (laughs) Uh, speaking of willy straws, <laughs> weirdly, Guar launched dildo of Odorous Arungus Cuttlefish of Cthulhu. <laughs> Ouch. It's finally happened, guys. Don't worry. A functional sex toy version of the anthro-mo... No. Anthropomorphic... Is that how you say that? that you no, say that's word? not how you say that, Siobhan. No, anthropo- you did not just say that with confidence like you would if you knew the word. fish phallus. How about that? That'll do it. How about that? Guara telling their fans to shove it up their ass. literally. <laughs> the extraterrestrial shock metal punks have been pushing the buttons of what's acceptable in civil society for over 30 years. But for the first time ever, Guar are giving scum dogs the opportunity to experience their antics in the bedroom, specifically their orifices of choice. To commemorate the Cuttlefish of Cthulhu, the mighty, I'm going to say it again, 
anthropomorphic schlong of their deceased <laughs> leader, Odorus Arungus, the band have teamed with sex toy company Bad Dragon to launch a real-life functional dildo that's shaped just like the Honourable Crotch Critter. No, this isn't a bit. Guara literally selling this. Um, it looks just like the little cuttlefish of Cthulhu. I say little, like it wasn't a fucking massive fish penis I think on the it front got, of him. I think it got bigger every year as well, until he died. <laughs> until he died. <laughs> the Does, funeral one was fucking yeah. huge. It's like the length of his leg. <laughs> I mean, the, guar, guar, the monsters of Guar famously just continue growing their genitals until they die. I mean, that's just how it happens, They I guess. do. Um, so uh, unfortunately, Mike, Mike Bishop has now got udders, the new singer. And so and the, I got, think the udders just get bigger and bigger. That no, doesn't quite work. No, but isn't each nipple a teat of the udder a penis? I think so, yeah. And so maybe those penises individually uh, get bigger. Maybe. Who knows? That would be a weird sex He's toy. You to could be... buy udders with, where each one is a little cock. Yeah. How many, how many, uh, how many teats are on an udder? That's a, par- that's a party. <laughs> that's a <laughs> the dildo has two little beady eyes on the head of the appendage and two brainy, wrinkly testicles at the base of the unit. It comes in four different sizes, ranging from seven and a half inches to a whopping 15 and a quarter inches in length. I don't think anyone's really going to fuck this thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, but I guess some people might. I mean, I think this is mostly going to be a collector's item on people's... Uh, Mantelpiece. Mantelpiece. I mean, they are beautiful colours. I mean, one is like blood red with like veiny blood all over it. And that's pretty disgraceful. But there's a bright pink and yellow one. Oh, that sounds fabulous. And it's it's just gorgeous. I'd, I'd you know, I'd put it anywhere. Not, not anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are going to put this anywhere. I would put it possibly on the, on the fireplace. <laughs> I dread to think how much it costs, but it looks beautiful and I'll make sure there is a picture of it for you all to view on the Instagram and uh, if anyone buys one let us know Natu- if anyone fucks one let us know like. <laughs> yeah also can I just be clear the natural version is the blood red covered in blood thing and it looks so disturbing well talking about unusual things to fuck <laughs> uh, this is uh, th- as this is our 50th episode yes I've gone back to a real classic we haven't had a story like this for a little while, okay. but there was a long time where we had an awful lot of these. Oh dear. Bloke, 79, gets skipping rope stuck in his bladder after shoving it inside his penis. Ah! <laughs> Brace yourself, no. everyone, because I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to read this out, but listening to it is not going to be pleasant. Bladder. An elderly man has shoved a skipping rope so far up his penis that he got it stuck in his bladder. The 79-year-old man from Japan got the 90-inch skipping rope so far up that he had that, <laughs> that it led a medic to comment that they hadn't seen anything more extreme than it. Why he inserted the rope inside himself remains a mystery. I should Sexual imagine pleasure. it's a sex thing. Um, this is my favourite start to a sentence, keeping in mind. It didn't have handles. <laughs> imagine if it did. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, that does, no, that does clear things up a little bit. I thought it was going handle first in. No, but it is over two metres long. He put all two metres in it. Yeah, and it got knotted inside his bladder. Fuck off. Uh, so they were unable to get it out the way it had come, and they had to cut a hole in his bladder to surgically remove Fuck. it. Fuck. Mail Online reports that the man initially attended the Dokio Medical University complaining of a burning sensation when he went to the toilet. 
So Do I'm going to say mention? it again. This is what we used to say on a regular occasion on these stories. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're doing sex things and you get something shoved in yourself and you can't get it out, just tell them A&E because they're going to find out. <laughs> yeah. Don't be bashful about it. If you have inserted a two-meter-long skipping rope into your cock... That might be why it hurts. That's going to be why it burns when you piss. <laughs> and even if it isn't, you should tell the doctor. <laughs> yeah. Side note, there is a skipping rope in my bladder that might have something to do with it. <laughs> he eventually came clean about having shoved the skipping rope <sighs> up his penis. <sighs> Professor Toshiki Kijama made a model of his bladder so that they could prepare themselves for going in there and pulling it out. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and the, the models proved that they were not going to be able to pull it back out of his penis. And uh, it said when the man's bladder contracted, the rope got tangled into a nightmare knot. A nightmare knot? <laughs> oh, a nightmare knot in the bladder. I mean, any knot in the bladder is a nightmare. Transuthorial extraction is difficult, apparently, <laughs> according to the okay. uh, Daily Star. Traditionally, grasping forceps and uh, retrieval baskets are used uh, to remove foreign bodies. Uh, However, wires inserted into the bladder usually curl up as the bladder uh, contracts. Therefore, special consideration is required for wire-like foreign bodies. Uh, Enjoy uh, yourself, everyone. Shove whatever you want up your penis, but if it goes wrong, tell them about it. Tell them about it. They will find out. When they do those scans, they will see your rope. Well... Everything's kind of moving along nicely from one story to the other today. This is sort of moving on from there as well. People think France's new Olympic mascot looks like a clitoris in trainers. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm just going to show Dave the picture just to decide whether he thinks this is like a clitoris or not. I don't know. Well, that doesn't look anything like a clitoris. <laughs> I, think, I think it's meant to look like one that's on a pictures in the books that like help you identify what bodies are but i think it's a stretch to call this the clitoris it's a triangle it's basically a triangle i think it's meant to be the hat that was from the french revolution okay a bit like a piratey hat um but it's not too far a stretch to say it does look like an anatomically correct textbook picture of a clitoris <laughs> um two bright red triangular characters called olympique and Frosh. <laughs> Fuck knows. I can't speak French. I think it says Frosh. P H R Y G E. Oh, that's not a word. Frosh. Come on, France. Frosh. Um, they're supposed to resemble the hat from the French Revolution with arms, eyes, and legs. But God, I can't speak any French. How do you say the name Gilarme? <laughs> Gilarme. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going Galami, but that's clearly not what I said. Uh, a leading French uh, socialist. What was that? Last... <laughs> what was the surname? <laughs> you just thought you'd you just thought you'd skip over that one. <laughs> Galami. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to say it again. I wonder how you say that name, but anyway, isn't it that is it spelt the same as Maxwell's daughter? Is it that? Oh, it's Jelaine. No. Yeah. Okay. Right. No, it's it's spelt more like uh, Del Toro. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Guillermo. Cool. So I'm gonna say Guillermo. Yeah. <laughs> but Guillermo Erna, right. that is the last name, oh. a leading French socialist, said both were now known as the Olympic clit. This is a first, Mr. Erna said. By placing the Olympic Games under the authority of this female organ, our country is making a strong statement. <laughs> <laughs> it's excellent news for female pleasure and the world's general education. Um, but it, let's just be clear again. It's it's a hat from the Revolutionary Wars. 
<laughs> I mean, it isn't actually supposed to be a clitoris. Why Why celebrate it as like an empowering <laughs> thing for women when it isn't that? It just happens to look a bit like that. <laughs> yeah. And now they're like, oh, yeah, it definitely looks like a clit. In fact, we own it and we think we're doing the right thing. It's kind no, of like if you saw a swash sticker saying, oh, that looks a little bit like the front cover of that dead Kennedy's Nazi punk fuck off thing. <laughs> so we'll just celebrate it. <laughs> the first time by the way that the olympics have had a mascot that looked a bit like something sexual hmm. uh, the atlanta 1996 olympics had izzy the mascot who was dubbed the sperm in sneakers and that looks even less like uh, what it says that doesn't be. look anything like a sperm <laughs> that's clearly just a it's creature got two legs yeah <laughs> and it's blue <laughs> it's bright neon blue well i'll put pictures up on instagram and everyone can be the judge of whether these things look like clitoris and uh sperm I mean, they don't. <laughs> well done, France, I think, for your clitoral hat Olympic mascot or whatever the fuck this is. Well, so I don't know if this is a peep behind the curtain that we haven't given the listener before, but when we do these news stories, we really genuinely don't have a clue what the other person has brought. Okay. And it is so weird that as you just after you finish and saying, God, this carries on really well from the last one, although I'm not really sure it nah, did. It kinda skipping didn't. rope in the cock and the clitoris is pushing it a little ah. bit. But can I just say, this is crazy. Ooh la la, France is mired in laziness epidemic, study shows. Ooh. A survey suggested <laughs> that French people have become lazier than they were before the COVID <laughs> pandemic. The research by the French Institute of Public Opinion and Jean Jars Foundation claim the country is stuck in a post-COVID laziness epidemic. It suggested 37% of people were less motivated to work than before the pandemic. Some people surveyed said they can't be bothered to work hard or even go out socialising. The research also found two-thirds of people in France are happy to work fewer hours, even if it means earning less money. Around 41% of people view leisure as very important, compared to 24% who view work as a top priority. In 1990, the numbers were 31% and 60% respectively. I think this is amazing. Well done, France. I mean, I would imagine if you went around the world, it will probably be something fairly similar in a lot of ways. But... This every, So I've read a few news stories about this and everyone is kind of like, oh my God, France is doomed. They're all getting so yeah. lazy. This is terrible. And they are quite stark figures. Like there yeah. is, you know, there is a comparison where it's sort of like 70% of people said that they were really interested in earning loads of money and now it's only 30% or something. They are quite stark figures, yeah. but that's amazing. That's brilliant. <laughs> people are focusing on leisure as opposed to, and they're willing to earn less money to have their leisure time. That's the fucking dream. Yeah. Everyone should. Everyone, we should all learn a lesson from France. We well, again, I, to... I think that probably we all have learned a lesson from France. It just yeah. so happens that France is cynical enough to do a study yeah. where they want to find out how lazy their country is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I should imagine like Britain probably doesn't want to do that because yeah. it would show us up yeah. or something stupid. Whereas France, apparently, they just don't give a shit. They're a clitoris at the Olympics, <laughs> and now they're all fucking lazy. That's fucking brilliant. France, you have turned it around. I really like you. I did not not like you before. But, <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. Well. Siobhan used to be extremely racist, but now <laughs> she's not because she found out you were fucking lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, France. Keep doing you. Now what? the pressure is on. You've got to come up with an incredibly well... <laughs> I've got this. Go on, all got right. This. Well, I'll tell you who's not lazy. Hmm. Chain-smoking marathoner finishes in under three and a half hours... And he's done it before. <laughs> Nicknamed Uncle Chen, 
The 50-year-old runner finished the race in 574th place, beating nearly a 1,000 others. He chain-smoked his way through the marathon in China. No, somewhere in China. (laughs) And yeah, and he did it in three and a half hours, which is fucking crazy. Three and a half hours is a very quick time to run a marathon. He did it chain-smoking. The whole way. Would smoking affect your performance? Obviously, it it affects your life. And I suppose it affects the amount... I don't know, because his lungs are probably quite strong as a result. You're getting some oxygen with the smoke. But the thing is, if you're chain smoking the entire time, you are reducing the amount of oxygen that is getting into your lungs because the smoke will be in the way. And the bits of your lungs that... Was it the bronchioles? Fuck this. Oh, all right, nurse. I'm going there, I'm going there. Uh, Mental health nurse, which is why I'm not sure. Um, (laughs) Airbags. (laughs) The bits, the, the sensors in your airbags. They can't take in the oxygen if they've been blocked by all the smoke, if they're busy taking in the carbon monoxide or if they're taking in the good bits in smoking. What's the good bits in smoking called? There's no good bits in... Oh, okay, I see. (laughs) You know the really healthy bits that you get from a cigarette? You know the reason why everyone does it? Because it's really... I know there's some bad elements. There's all that healthy bit as well. There's so much health. There's so much health. That's why they sell them in Holland and Barrett. (laughs) But yeah, so he's nearly an hour faster than the average time. The average time is four and a half hours. That is incredible. Three and a half hours. Um, And obviously there's some really lovely pictures of him just running with a cigarette in his mouth at all times. It doesn't look the slightest bit fussed. And yeah, this isn't the first time he's done it. He's done it a few times. He did it in 2019. And now he's four minutes faster than he was then. So he's only getting healthier. Well, he he hasn't got lazier. Like he's, the French. He's not got lazier at all. He's just gotten healthier and healthier with his chain smoking. By the way, we don't con- uh, we don't encourage smoking during your marathons. No, fuck that. Okay, we do. 100% do encourage everyone to smoke as much as you possibly can. I encourage you to do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> but don't, uh, don't do it just because we said, because we might... No, fuck it. Do it for whatever reason you want. Even <laughs> if it's just because of what we said. Just do what you want. <laughs> well... This is pushing it maybe a bit, but there's some sheep who I reckon have probably run a marathon of a similar length to Uncle Chen. Right. Because in the new sign of the apocalypse, hundreds of sheep walk in a circle for 10 whole days. (gasps) I've got to be honest, there's a video of this, which we will try and get on the Instagram, but if not, Google it immediately. It is weird as fuck. A huge flock of sheep have reportedly been seen marching in a circle for 10 straight days, and some are calling it a sign of the apocalypse. (laughs) The huge herd have allegedly been walking in a clockwise direction en masse and without guidance, that's a French word, en masse and without (laughs) guidance, creating a perfect circle in the middle where not a single sheep has stepped. That isn't actually true because there's a bunch of sheep in the middle of the circle, but it, it more or less looks like a circle pit. Wow. It looks exactly like a circle bit. There is a load of sheep walking around in a perfect circle, whilst a few are confused, I think, and they're just in the middle, like, not really taking part. That's the fun bit. The video was filmed in Mongolia on November the 4th, and now some have claimed that the odd occurrence could be of the occult, or maybe (laughs) even a sign of the end of the world, after the video was shared on Twitter. Well, surprise, surprise! Twitter have taken something which is actually interesting and decided it's the apocalypse. (laughs) Just because some fucking sheep went round. Twitter user Billy 
Oh, Billy. Oh, it's more of a goat thing, isn't it, Benny? Oh! Um, shared the video, and he claimed a flock of sheep in Inner Mongolia have been walking in a circle for over 10 days straight, and no one knows why. Um, <laughs> and then he said, sign of the apocalypse, question mark. Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> let's not let's not look into it any further and just assume it's that. It has been reported that the owner of the sheep, Mrs. Meow... <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> had no idea why her flock had started marching in a circle. She said shared CCTV footage of the sheep, which was later posted on Twitter. It is fucking mad. Are this they still video. going? No, for ten days they must have stopped. Oh, okay. It's not clear from the article, but it is from the mirror. Okay. But no, it's mad. It is literally a bunch of sheep walking in a big circle, and it does. It looks like a. It looks like a a, a mosh pit from Woodstock '99. Oh my god, it's amazing. Good old sheepies. It's really, really fucking weird. So yeah, Google it if you haven't seen it already. But uh, do we think that this is the sign of the apocalypse? No. What? Why are they doing it? Why do you reckon? Maybe just to keep warm. Is it cold where they are? I don't know. I don't know about what the weather is like in November in Mongolia. If I'd known you were going to ask me the question, I would have prepped. (laughs) (laughs) It could be a warm thing, but you would think that they would. They don't. They're not really huddled. So there's like a, uh, it's about two or three sheep deep, this circle. Okay. I wonder if it's a little, I mean, sheep aren't known for being very intelligent. Yeah. I wonder if one of them started walking in a circle because maybe it has mental health problems. <laughs> and then all the other ones kind of, well, another one joined in because he thought, well, that sheep's doing that. I don't want to miss out. And then before you know it, the whole herd is kind of doing it. And then they don't want to stop. <laughs> because the manic one is definitely not stopping. <laughs> so it took him 10 days to wear himself out. Oh, they're just all doing it in solidarity with their mad friend. That would be... N- how nice would that that's be? That's so nice. I mean, it wouldn't be that nice. I was going to say, wouldn't it be nice if that's how humans were? But it probably wouldn't be that nice if you were like... <laughs> if a schizophrenic starts smashing up a house, probably <laughs> if we all just joined in in solidarity, yeah. that wouldn't be good for probably not society, like I suppose. <laughs> We'd all just be throwing poos at each other all the time. (laughs) (laughs) What a world. What a world we'd have. But yeah, honestly, I don't know. I I can't. I mean, it's definitely obviously no, it's not a sign of the apocalypse or anything occult. That's obviously (laughs) absurd. But (laughs) there's got to be a reason for it. And I'd li- if anybody's got suggestions as to why a bunch of sheep in Mongolia walked in a circle for 10 days, non-stop. They didn't stop for 10 days. They didn't stop. They didn't stop I'd to love eat. To, I mean, I think that's why there's some in the middle. So I think that what was They're happening was, yeah, one would take a rest and then another one would join in the circle. Maybe there was a predator and they're just taking it in turns to stand strong. And then every now and then, you know, you've got to go and have your dinner and is, then you get back involved. Is walking in a circle a classic sort of strength move? <laughs> Just suddenly. Maybe for Mongolian if, sheep. I've never met one. I was, in a, I was in a pub once and someone started on someone and they just started walking <laughs> in a circle and then everyone else joined in. Actually, if you did that, yeah. no one would fight. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fine. I remember we had to... It would just be really confusing. <laughs> well, I think I think it's a defensive move. I remember one time working in a mental health unit, and there was a very very manic woman. I mean, it's pretty much this story. It's not really, but um, <laughs> you're calling her a sheep. <laughs> no, but she was running in circles of the lounge, mm. and uh, and it made it really hard to stop her. Do you? So there's another thing though, because it is a perfect circle. I mean, look, it appears to be a perfect circle, okay. and it's interesting now. You know, somebody somebody who's mentally ill has decided to also walk in a circle. What is it about the circle? Do you think? Oh, I mean, we've definitely drawn a conclusion that I think we're definitely uh, educated enough to make. Um, well, which we is... can guess. No, well, I think we should. <laughs> I think we should. 
we heard it here first the mentally unwell walk in circles well no i'm just saying like when you go back to sort of the primitive part of your mind yeah. when you get rid of like a lot of the st- like these sheep have <laughs> when well, you get rid of all of the stuff in the way of you know your super ego and all the things that stop you from doing weird things what is it about the circle well it's a way of pacing without having to go anywhere do you think we we naturally as a species we're naturally drawn to certain shapes Maybe, or maybe I I think if you just needed to keep walking, but you didn't want to go far from where you were meant to be, you would just walk in a circle. Yeah, but I just mean you could walk in a triangle, for example. But these uh, sheep are not going to be able to walk in a triangle, and and there's no way a sheep could walk in a triangle because they'd get too confused. They wouldn't know. They wouldn't get the angles right. How would they get the angle right? How would they get the angle right? <laughs> They'd know. have to have people on the corners, like in rounders, ushering them the right way. Like, all right, Billy, you've come this far. Now you've got to go 95, 95 degrees. Yeah, I don't know. But then they're not <laughs> just doing it naturally, are they? It's interesting. So anyway, yeah. answers, ladies and gentlemen, shamsityroses at gmail.com. I want some opinions about this. Or do you believe that it is the sign of the apocalypse or that they are a cult sheep? And if you do, tell us why, because I'd like that to be the case. Well, we've got a few days left. I don't know if you remember on our last episode. <gasps> just yes! So it's the 30th of November. Uh, we're supposed to find a mirrored Earth, according to a time traveller from the year 2154 or something. Okay. And but, if we'll... that, but if that happens, then... Uh, which is not going to happen, but if that happens, then I think I think somewhere around about the middle of next year we're going into another ice age. <laughs> that feels possible, but so... what... I won't know. But what I say is um, not to feed the conspiracy much, but does it have to be announced to the world that we found a mirrored Earth? Or does it just have to be that oh, well, someone going to be that, Well, that's it. how they're going to get around this. Yeah. Just to, just to. By the way, it's not a conspiracy theory if one mad person on TikTok says I'm a time traveller. <laughs> again, that's just mental illness. He's probably walking around in ask- a circle <laughs> while, he was, <laughs> while he was furiously making that TikTok. <laughs> Talking about walking around in a circle like a mad person. We're off to Norfolk. Well, I'm afraid I've got some sad news from Norfolk. Is um, Orlando Williams dead? Oh, no, it's not that sad. <sighs> Fucking hell. Sorry, sorry. I should have... We could Oh, my God, I should have worded it better than that. We could Oh, God, I should have worded it better than that. I'm so sorry for making you feel that way. <laughs> no, I'm sure he's going strong. His second B&B is open now. So he's probably, he's probably doing right. Um, we'll have to find out sometime. We've got a Norfolk trip kind of half planned. Yes. Maybe we should fucking go stay there. All right. Oh, fuck, I forgot about all that. Right, well... <laughs> After this, we'll get on booking.com. I don't know if he's on booking. We might have to ring him. Hello, Mr. Williams. <laughs> he's definitely just that one landline Please number. Can my- <laughs> you have to ring. Please, can I stay in your house? Feed me Japanese food. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. Going back to my sad news, it's not as sad as if Orlando Williams was dead, which he's I not. I think that would be the worst thing in the whole of the Breakfast Punks universe. <laughs> If we ever have I think that. if Orlando Williams died, apart, I mean, because most of the other good people we've talked about on this podcast are already dead, <laughs> so it's fine. But if but he if he went, it would be sad. Do you feel like you know him, even though you've never met him? Yeah, yeah. I feel like, like that, he taught it? me geography when I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like he's cooked me really terrible Chinese food. I can, I've got a really <laughs> clear idea of what his food would look like and oh, it would yeah. be really sad really white there would be noodles in there but they wouldn't be good quality noodles no no and it would just be on like a white plate it is on a white plate for and sure it, maybe well maybe i've seen it then because i've got a really clear picture in yeah. my head 
of exactly what his food would look like, and it is shit. Pretty sad. Barely any vegetables. Almost like a pot noodle, but turned out onto a plate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Williams, take back your pot noodle. I know what you've done. Um, <laughs> no. Right, going back to not as sad as Orlando Williams dying, but also very sad news. R.I.P. Orlando. Yarmouth Pleasure Beach to remove the log flume this winter. No! That's right. The log flume at Pleasure Beach is being removed and we all need to go say its final farewell. In oh, fact, we might have missed it. My God, I wish shut. Orlando Williams was dead. <laughs> this is so much worse. Uh, it is actually quite bad because I don't know if any of you have ever been to Yarmouth Pleasure Beach and happen to know my um, scaredy pants feelings about rides mm-hmm. but the only ride i've ever been on is this one um consistently at the pleasure beach since i was a child every year every time i've been pretty much if it's open i go on that log flume because i love it it's got two well it had it's got two um slidey bits that's all that's on it really you yeah. go round once you go down you go round another time you go down and then you're out but that's very high up and you can stand near it and get covered in the seawater because they pump it straight out the sea into the into the thing. So it's just and the horrible. sea up there doesn't have shits in it like the sea down here. No, it don't. That's fucking cold and salty, but it ain't pooey. Well, I've seen <laughs> I'm a few, sure I've seen poos, a few poos in there, yeah, but it don't make it on the news because I've, I've, that's quite... <laughs> <laughs> that's not the sewage company's problem. That's the Norfolkians <laughs> shitting in the sea. But I, no, Duff said about that there. Um, that log flume's been there since 1989, the year of oh, my birth. Oh, right. Shit, this means you're going to die. You know the sheep walking in the circle and now the log <laughs> flume going, that's a Fuck! sign. It's that's... not the apocalypse, it's just Siobhan's, Siobhan's going to pass on. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, they knew the log flume was going. I'm very, very... And you'll be a ghost in a gym and that fucking man will come and see you. <laughs> it's a bit like that. I'm actually devastated. Because I don't know that we'll get to go back there before it's shut. In fact, I think it's getting shut this month. Well, it's probably not open now, is it? Because it's out of season. But uh, let's talk about Great Yarmouth, the beauty of Great Yarmouth. Because I don't so think much. we've ever talked about the beauty of Great Yarmouth. Have we not actually Yarmouth spoken about Great Yarmouth? If we haven't, it's worth going over again. Yeah. Great Yarmouth is, I think, one of my favourite places in the world. You want to move there. Uh, I don't know if I'd actually want to live there in truth. I would, yeah, I would say that in truth, I don't know that I'd actually want to live there because cause it is like the place that time forgot. And but that's why I, it's so beautiful. Yeah, well, I, I love it and I love it as a visit. And when I was there as a kid, I used to live only like 20 minute drive from there when I was a kiddly wink. I lived near Akel, between Akel and Norwich in a little village called Blayfield. Um, and we used to go there after school, after school probably most... Most summer days. But more importantly and than just, just talking about your life as a child, what, what is Great Yarmouth like? <laughs> it's like, it's, it, is, it is one of the, it's a bit like Blackpool. For those of you who've been to Blackpool, but it's smaller. It's smaller and, and better. It's better, but it's also sadder. There's much more, like, m- way more of the buildings are out of use. I don't I know. Say. When we went to Blackpool, no, almost nothing was open. Yeah. But Great Yarmouth has got the best arcades, aside from that pirate one in Blackpool. But other than that, it's got on on and the Hastings ones, of course. I don't know. I think Great Yarmouth. Great Yarmouth's got fucking loads of them. Throwing shade there. Actually, that that's true. On that big, it's like Las Vegas promenade. It's got fucking tons of them. And on the other side of the road, you've got these nice um, little bits. There's a miniature village. There's a few um, golf 
courses like the miniature golfs. You got your pleasure crazy. beach. Crazy. Some some of them are crazy. Some of them are crazy. Oh, everyone's crazy. All the golf's crazy in, in Yarm. <laughs> if you don't have to even say it. Um, and it's just there's the pier, Britannia Pier, where you can see all your favourite <laughs> races. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, I will <laughs> say that the the lineup in Great Yarmouth for entertainment, I think, full stop. It's I basically think Jim, Jim Davidson still there. I think on four a times a year. Uh, I think that uh, what's Chubby that? Brown. Chubby Brown. He comes he's around. There still. Um, the first time we went to Great Yarmouth, we were in the pub on a New Year's Eve. Uh, uh, but not in the evening. It was an afternoon of a New Year's Eve. We'd just been on the pushies for possibly the first time together. Nah, no, probably not. Was, but we I got, think it was that holiday, though. It was a big holiday you for got us. A, you got a Snoop Dogg uh, skateboard for your fingers at the at the 2P machines. I was trying well. to get a Misfits one, though. Can you yeah. imagine? This is how amazing Great Yarmouth is. You could get a miniature skateboard with the Misfits go on it out of a yeah. 2P machine. It's fucking brilliant. And we got a uh, badminton shuttlecock, so that was very good. But we were <laughs> with sat a in the, With a face. <laughs> and we were sat in the pub, and there was this boy... Uh, I say boy. Very old man. Very old man. <laughs> sat there in a velvet blue, like, teddy boy suit. And as we walked in, they, he was standing by the door, and he said, oh, yeah, come on in. And we were like, oh, yeah, all right. And you were like, cool, he's, he looks all right, doesn't he? Yeah, like, he looked like my dad you, with a quiff. Yeah, but you were like, he looked brilliant. I like his suit. What a man. Then... I don't think I said what a man. Well, you I were very. I've ever you described were, anyone. No, but that. you were very smitten on a suit. I remember this all started by you being taken by this man's appearance, and yeah. then I had a couple of two <laughs> Nuki Browns at this point. Then we were looking at him a bit more whilst he talked to this, what I can only imagine to be a twelve-year-old girl and her mum. Oh no, ages. it was way darker than that. Oh, we'll, we'll we get to, to it. We'll the mum was to like, go and talk to him, go, go and talk, talk to, to him. Man. And, and he was like, like oh, hello, hello. Oh, you're nice. And the more this is going on, the more I kept looking and we were like, hey, he's, well, you know who he is, he's famous, isn't he? But he's one of them, he's, he's a comedian, but he's not, he's not a comedian for the, you know, for the nowadays masses. That's definitely a, you know, 70s, 80s comedian. Yeah, no, he wasn't like a YouTuber. He wasn't like a 19 <laughs> year old YouTuber. Oh no, he bloody weren't. <laughs> But he was definitely, basically, we concluded that he would have been like a mate of the Jim Davidson roster. So I messaged me mum and said, can you name me some racist um, <laughs> comedians of the past that maybe have done some wrong? I think for the record, I don't think that he's necessarily a racist in his act. Well, I, I don't think he's a well-known racist. Maybe not. That's that's pushing it a bit far. But I said, can you name me a nefarious comedian who might be friends with Jim Davidson that might be in the papers for doing wrong? And, had, and she would came be back interested in a twelve-year-old girl and, that and, and a would pub. likely be in Great Yarmouth. And he looks a bit like this. And my mum came back within about five minutes and said, "Is that Freddie Star? <laughs> well, yes, it is. That is Freddie Star. The n- <laughs> well, I can't remember famously at someone's hamster." Oh, is that what he done? No, he, I think it was a. It was. A, I don't think it really happened. It was on the front cover of. It was like a wacky headline. It was really. When I was like young, I swear it was. There was a computer game on the Amiga called Rockstar Freddy? Ate My Hamster. Oh, was it about Freddie Star? No, it was. Oh. It was. I don't know what it was about, but it, it was a, quite a big computer game at some point, probably in the eighties or something. But yeah, that it, there was a really famous. I think it was on the Sun or something. It was like Freddie Star Ate My Hamster. I think it was made okay. up, but it was like that's what he was famous for. He wasn't really like any one thing. He was a bit of a singer. He was a bit of a comedian. He was kind of just like a personality, you know, like Michael Barrymore. Or oh yeah, yeah. Except he, he didn't was, kill really. any boys in any pools. But didn't he get in trouble for doing it with someone young? I don't Is that think he did. St- he had a really young. That? We decided that. I think he had a very young wife, and it was like his eighth wife. Or Who something. I think he was breaking up with on that day. Well, he called he her a lot being... of names that I'm not going to repeat. And he was being <laughs> consoled by his mate, like there, there, mate, you'll be all right. Anyway, who's 
this fucking wanker. It was about two in the afternoon, and he had a show to do that night. Um, that is pretty much where that ends. Yeah, with, that with, is exactly with Fred, where it with ends. the Freddie Star story. Um, but Great Yarmouth is good for <laughs> loads of other reasons, other than we once <laughs> saw Freddie Star in a pub. It's um, uh, it's a beautiful place. Uh, we good. also stayed at a place called Faulty Towers. Oh my and gosh. when the man brought us our breakfast, he put it down on the table and he said, "You know, vegetarians get cancer," and then just walked off. Yeah. <laughs> And that and was then, it. And, and I thought, think he thought he was being bawdy and friendly. I think he thought he was being brilliant. Mm. Next morning, they uh, they had a dog that gave birth to some puppies, and they just showed everyone the puppies at breakfast. It was yeah. fucking weird. From the and kitchen, the whole, <laughs> yeah, from the kitchen. I think that's where they were birthed, and then our breakfast was made. Um, but Great Yarmouth is beautiful for so many other reasons. This also being one, the story is not over with the log flume being shut, as it got announced today that. If you would like to own a log, <laughs> you've just got to email Deborah at pleasurebeach.co.uk. Oh, Deborah. Um, only those who are serious are to contact them. Details of price and exactly what's available is yet to be finalised. But a, a spokesman for the park said it's only currently looking to sell the logs. Nothing the logs finalized. that you can sit in. So these yeah. are big. These yeah. are going to take up a room in your house. They're oh, huge. Oh, I was, yeah. Right. No, they're not going to take up a room Can in we? our house. No, we've only oh. got one room. <laughs> <laughs> and wouldn't it look so much better with a Yarmouth log? <laughs> go on, go on. Well, if you'd like a piece, you can just message Deborah at pleasurebeach.co.uk and say, Deborah, can I have a log? And she'll get back to you. So, David, watch out. I know what you're getting for Christmas. I don't want a log for Christmas. I do. I want one of those logs from the Ren and Stimpy cartoons. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. That's, oh, I don't yay. Log rolls downstairs, rolls over, da, da, goes over your neighbour's dog. Anyway. <laughs> I know how we could have the log. Sorry, just to make sure that you know that it is a possibility. You know when you're a child and uh, you're poor, so you just have a normal bed, but your friend has those car beds? Yes. We could have a log where we sleep in it. I think that, I don't think that would work. We'd need two logs. Yeah. Let's get two logs then. <laughs> oh, Deborah. <laughs> expect a, expect an email from Siobhan. <laughs> God help you. Um, we're going to play a song now. Uh, <laughs> this is by a band called Telly Satan. They're from Leipzig in Germany. It's from their Behave cassette, which is out now on Phantom Records. And this song is called Lights Out. So this is Telly Satan with Lights Out.
Welcome back to the Breakfast Punks podcast. Uh, we're now going to talk about ourselves. <laughs> the fact that we're so amazed, such amazing human beings. Oh my gosh, it's that, that Breakfast Punks. Uh, we've talked to you, or maybe this is the first time you're listening, in which case <laughs> I apologise. <laughs> um, uh, for countless, I mean, hours and hours. Doesn't almost bear thinking about how much hours we have spent doing this and you have spent listening to us. It's a long time. I like to think that this is going to be the podcast equivalent of a selfie. <laughs> Completely <laughs> self-involved, good? but hopefully we'll be able to put enough filters on it afterwards that it makes some sense hey, and you all enjoy go. it. <laughs> that's a good. That's a bloody good analogy. Well, fifty episodes. That is. Uh, it's nearly been two whole years since we started. It has making this podcast. I mean, that's a little bit crazy. Have you? I don't know that I've uh, taken something up and continued doing it for two years consistently, uh, many times in my life. Um, yeah, I mean, I have. Probably. I mean, you're you're much better at it than uh, I am. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think we, I think we probably did uh, one of the things. I think, and this is true of sort of any creative endeavor that I think really works well is if you really stick to a timetable. Yeah. I know yeah. it doesn't sound very interesting, but, you know, an obvious example of that is, and I'm sure many, many people that listen to this are in bands, the best way of being in a band is if you practice on the same week every night. Same week every night? The same night every week. <laughs> That's a well good... <laughs> because the thing is, like every band I've ever been in, where it's even just like the tiniest difference to that, and you're not expecting it all the time, you skip them, you miss yeah. things. You yeah. know, you like... If you have a practice on a Monday and then you say, oh, we'll sort the next one out when we're there. Yeah. And then maybe someone's not totally sure what they're doing next week. And then suddenly you can find three weeks, four weeks go by and you've not sorted out a a band practice. And it's, I think it's the same with almost any creative endeavour that like when I was writing poetry at the start of um, lockdown, you know, I did it every morning and therefore I wrote loads of poems. And now I don't write poems every morning and I haven't written one in about three months. It's a bit like you set these non-negotiables for yourself, yeah. as it were, where you're just like, it is just a given that at this time on that day, this is what I do. And uh, we did that with the podcast. Yeah, we record this every other Tuesday. Every other Tuesday. I edit it every other Wednesday, although that's changed because my, I'm terribly busy now. Same as I. Terribly, terribly I mean, you busy. are, you literally are. So, and that's one of the reasons why we've not prepared for this episode. And yeah. You might have to get used to us having a few more episodes like this. <laughs> Where because it's a uh, I used to have quite a lot of time on my hands to play around and make this podcast good. Now I have no time, so <laughs> I, it's probably going to go down the toilet. No. Um Teething, but, <laughs> teething at the minute while we're getting used to our busy lives. But yeah, and then it comes out on a Thursday. Yeah. And I think it's, and the thing, the good thing about it is, is that you don't necessarily always have to do it on a Tuesday. But if you're expecting to do it on a Tuesday, you know it's got to be done on a Tuesday yeah. and you can't do it. Then you say, oh, well, we'll have to sort out how we're going to do it on a Monday or a Sunday or a Wednesday. And it kind of goes <laughs> back to, just to link it back to that French um, mm. uh, survey about people then starting to value their leisure time as opposed to their work time. Mm. Um, we did this during the second lockdown uh, at the end of 2020, mm-hmm. um, which is when we first started preparing for our first one. And I think there was lockdown, pretty much a version of lockdown for a couple of months afterwards. It was kind of our way of giving ourselves a routine and yeah. like a version of work to do. And then we've continued doing it. And some people, you know, will ask, oh, what are you up to today? Oh, God, I've got, you know, recording the podcast. And oh god no 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 but it's always it's <laughs> i i say it like it's a work thing because it's kind of 
it's the routine thing that I do. Oh, Tuesday's my podcast day. So, yeah. for example, I plan work around it. I can never work a day on a Tuesday because of that. Or there's certain like classes at the gym I don't go to. And they're like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, no, I'm doing the podcast today. And people always kind of give like a little, not smirk, but they're always like, oh, interesting that you take that seriously. But I think there is worth in taking things seriously in your leisure that is purely for your own enjoyment just like some people do to work. And yeah, I think well, we could all benefit from what the French are feeling, which <laughs> is, and hopefully we're all feeling, it's it's just as important to make time for your leisure and your pleasure. Leisure and pleasure. But it's crazy to me, like, like a, I think a creative endeavour, you can enjoy something but do it with some sort of discipline, yeah. first of all. I mean, I think you almost have to, yeah. to some extent. Like, I mean, if you took something much more normalised that no one would question, like, I don't know, I play five-a-side football every week or something. <laughs> yeah. Second football reference on this podcast from me. Who would the fuck... That word has not Who come out of my mouth fuck? for fucking years. <laughs> there must be a World Cup on or something. Oh. Um, <laughs> but if if it was something like that, then, or, you know, you were a uh, army cadet. I don't know, the last time I did anything <laughs> like this, scout. I was a kid, if you were a Cub Scout. Yeah. Like, no one would question it, but... Because it's something that is actually fun. Yeah. yeah. Again, like band practice is fun, right? If you're yeah. in a band, you enjoy it. Yeah. But you have to. There has to be some degree of commitment. Yeah. I guess. Exactly. And and you maybe it's prescribed fun. Maybe we. We've maybe I've gone. Fun. I'm going against everything I was saying about. But you decided it. Like, yeah. and I think that's the thing. It's a feeling that something you've decided is worth doing. Is is worth like I can't worth really your time. It very, yeah, it's worth your yeah. time and is as worth your time as going to work. I that's would argue way more. But this, yeah, that, sorry, so that's what I was going to say. I think it's crazy. Yeah. To think that like work is more important than anything. Of course, we all have to go to work, yeah. and we all have, you know we all have to make money and all that stuff. And I'm not yeah. diminishing going to work in any way mm. or saying oh we should all live you know lives like the fucking French, no. but. Uh, <laughs> But surely the things that you do, the reason you go to work is so that you can do shit outside of work. Yeah. And so therefore, surely you've got to take the shit that you do outside of work way more seriously than the work itself. I, Isn't that what our lives are? Doesn't that make up what our lives are? It's 100% what our lives are and should be. But even I think some, I, I think there's still this like inherent, and I don't know whether it's like a British thing, but there's this idea. And a French thing. Uh, no, well, no, the French. Are I want to know the opposite. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, but there's this British thing about like the pride of working yourself to death or having no spare time or being so tired from work. And it's, I've really enjoyed doing this podcast because it's proven to me, maybe where I didn't feel it before. Um, that this is a worthwhile use of time and that anything you choose to do can be a worthwhile use of time. Yeah. As long as you see the worth in it and it doesn't matter what other people think. And again, I take that from the days where I go to work. I work like one or two shifts a week and I'm lucky enough to be able to do that. But equally, we've we've set up our lives in such a way that we can do it that way. And when people are like, oh, what are you doing tomorrow? Oh, I'm coming to work. What are you doing tomorrow? Oh, yeah, no, I'm, going, I'm doing the podcast. And they're like, oh... What a nice life. And I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice life. What's wrong with having a nice life? What is wrong with having a nice life? Just because you've chosen your life to be in such a way that you are going to work and moaning about it. If you're going to work, have a nice time. Do something you like doing. That's such a privileged thing to say. I appreciate that. No, it is not a privileged thing to say, (laughs) Javon. You're you're making excuses for yourself immediately. But that's, that's absolute rubbish. Anyone can make a decision 
to yeah. do stuff. Of course, of course, there are people that are worse off than you. But yeah. to to decide not to earn money yeah. and do something instead of, and then lead a different style of life as a result of that, is not a privilege. We call it a privilege because yeah. we feel all sort of like het up about it, but it's not. That isn't yeah. what privilege is. Yeah. We just overuse that word too much. And that isn't to say that privilege doesn't exist. Yeah. Of course it does in a lot of ways, but it doesn't exist in that context. That isn't privilege. Yeah. That's a choice as to what you want to do. You can either say, I want to earn loads of money. Yeah. Or you can say, I want to have some time and then just sort of survive. Yeah, and have that time to be creative. I guess... And of course, it's a privilege in comparison to someone in a war-torn country or something, but it's not a privilege. That's not a privilege to make that decision. And I guess it's also about, like, when we first started doing this, it's not long after we decided to close the cafe, and we had a lot of conversations about, like, quite big, about our self-worth and whether we're contributing to society anymore by not working. Uh, it sounds really silly, but that's definitely something that crossed my brain a lot by not running a cafe or not going to work as much. It's like, shit, if I'm not doing that, then what am I doing? And is it, am I contributing less to the society than someone who works nine to five, five days a week? And I think this, doing the podcast has made me realise the different ways in which, A, does it matter what you're contributing to society? Society, no, how, how of, big is society? We're one of like 10 billion people. E- exactly. We're, we're, a, we're a piece of dust knocking against some other <laughs> pieces of dust. We mean nothing, Siobhan. And it's, and it's <laughs> community and the things around you that are important, not necessarily whether you're paying loads of money to the government in your taxes and how much you earn. Yeah, I feel like making a podcast for the for the sake of it, to be doing something every week, to have a routine, to learn do something with you to speak to people to have give someone something to listen to is as worthy as me going to work as you going to work as anyone going to work it's just it's just different it's a Mm. different use of time but but I guess I didn't feel that way before I think when I was a kid uh you know I have my dad's voice in my brain of you know artists that don't work just sit around having the free time to create it's your dad's voice via society's voice as well isn't it I mean, you know, this this goes without saying. There's no point in saying it on this podcast to a bunch of punks, is it? But, <laughs> you know, society tells you that you should do all of those things and you have to break out of that in order to start not doing them yeah. things, I suppose. I mean, I'm sure loads, you know, most people think I'm mad if I go to a gig that's not, that's like, well, if I go to a gig, full yeah. stop, as a, as a somebody in their early 40s, you know, <laughs> like, it's insane that you would go to a gig. Oh Last night I dressed up in black metal makeup and went to an arcade. There you go. Uh, for a haste video. And it was like, did you, did I think, you know, did I, when I was like a teenager, did I think to myself when I'm 42, I'm going to be dressing up in black metal <laughs> makeup and going to an arcade? No, of course not. Because society told me that I couldn't possibly do that. And I think there's uh, that feeling when you break away and realise you're okay. is so amazing. I think you must have felt it when you... Got divorced, uh, yeah, you're right. No, yeah. <laughs> that's not what I was going to say. When you gave up your nursing pin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's scary as fuck, but once you do it, it is jumping off the ledge, isn't it? But once you've totally, done it, yeah. you're like, oh my God, everything I was ever told about how what I needed to do to survive in this world. Obviously, you have to do things to make sure you're going to be okay, but those things aren't hard to do if you want to do them i don't think it's necessarily a case of that i mean it is to some extent but the other side of it is that when because a lot of things went wrong from that point forward 
Like, yeah. so, you know, I quit nursing and I just said, I'm going to run my own business. I prepared a lot and I saved up loads of money, but it's kind of loads of things went wrong. Yeah. And I think that the important thing that you learn from doing that is that actually the things that go wrong aren't really as bad as you think they're going to be, I suppose. Mm. So, it, so prior to that, I was like, oh my God, but what if I run out of money? Like, what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah. Like, how am I going to, how am I going to live? But when you actually get into the point where I have on a number of occasions <laughs> been in that sort of place, yeah. it's like, well, you just sort of work it out somehow. Yeah. And survival instincts. And it's not really in. that bad. Mm. Or, you know, or it's a bit stressful, but you get past it or whatever. Yeah. And I think it's more that. It's more that you, when you're used to a safety net, I mean, the, the obvious example is, having a monthly paycheck yeah like i can only speak for myself but whenever i had a monthly paycheck which was never huge amounts of money by any means it's not like you're rich as a nurse but mm. i used to just spend all of it, it yeah knowing that you you're know. going to get more at the end of yeah the month. yeah and i was just used to that and it didn't but i didn't think to myself oh i need to spend this whole paycheck yeah. not at all i didn't didn't think like that at all i probably thought to myself oh i should probably save some of this no no you don't but i never <laughs> did and I'm sure partly that's just my personality or whatever, and I'm sure some people are more sensible than that. But there's a huge difference when you, you know, start a business or you start leading a different type of life where you're, you know, not getting a regular paycheck. Yeah. It changes your relationship with money and with your expectations of on life, I think, as yeah. well, to some extent. But this, I suppose, then, going all the way back, uh, probably has a lot to do with COVID and lockdown and... I mean, like you said, we started this not at the start of uh, the pandemic and not at the start of all the lockdowns and stuff, but we did start it just as we went back into a lockdown. And back I think into it lockdown, was. And when, when the numbers were at their absolute. Yeah. They really. The worst thus far. It was bad. Everyone got it that Christmas sort of thing. And I do appreciate that there's some risks still at the moment. And I know people are getting a bit worried about COVID here and there, you know probably based on the media to some extent but probably also based on you know facts i know it hasn't gone away and but it does but it does feel like forever ago it feels like a different life yeah two years ago when we'd just gone back into lockdown we did it was just after the christmas was cancelled yeah uh, in this country yeah so we were all sort of expecting to have some kind of a christmas but we knew there was a risk i think it got cancelled like three days before didn't yeah. it yeah <laughs> And it was more or less just after that that we started this podcast, having spent like two weeks in the house, basically just the two of us. And um, I just, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that it had, it definitely had um, an effect on whether we did this at all, COVID did. But Mm -hmm. I just wonder how much it's changed. I feel like my life is extremely different to two years ago. And part of that is practical. But I think part of it is also just, did we all change? Did you, do you think you changed? I think... Do you think the podcast changed you? Yes. As well as, uh, I mean, as well, sorry, it was a, for, as for an the, additional yeah, question. Yeah, in, in this, well, I, I think my answer to both is yes for the same reasons. And it gave me the freedom to choose, maybe not choose, but curate my routine a little bit. Mm. And the podcast forces you to have a routine because we decided it was our non-negotiable thing. It was every Tuesday have a I mean, podcast. you can negotiate. We can no, negotiate. With no, but other. like it's our, <laughs> but it's our like. It's not a prison camp, sure. <laughs> I'm forced out of the bedroom every day to make this fucking podcast. No, um, I think it's just one of those things where you decide for yourself that it's your thing that you're going to do, and things get worked around it. So for a long, t- like we, I write it on the calendar for the whole year, 
each day we're recording our podcast we plan around it we've mm. planned trips away around it and if we don't you know you fit in the day to do it you just make yourself accountable for things but things of your choosing and i think that's what the pandemic did in the first place it provided you with freedom especially mm. like for most people they didn't have to go to work i actually started liking my job again because of it because during the pandemic i had the job that you could still go to work at and i was grateful for that because a lot of people were you know losing their jobs or on half pay or whatever so it kind of made me grateful for the thing that i thought i should and needed to do every now and then to get money but it also just gave me this freedom in the other time to figure out what do I want to do given that it's limited at first because you couldn't go out you couldn't do much but that just frees you up to be a bit more creative with what you can think of to do you kind of I don't know you could pick anything to look up on the internet or decide to do with your life and you go out and get some fresh air too but but that's (laughs) it you also get more grateful for the little things I started reading again I hadn't read a book in freaking years properly Mm. Like in any year where I'd inverted commas read books, probably read like two, and uh, yeah, then you just have more free time and you appreciate it more. I th- I wonder how. I mean, that is quite a hard thing to continue though, because now at this point, life is back to normal yeah. fundamentally. Yeah. And it, again, I know that there's still risk of COVID, and I know that monkeypox and monkey flu or whatever the fuck. <sighs> but all the I don't know. And clearly, as you yeah, can tell, no. I'm, I'm, I think I'm quoting news stories from like three months ago or something. Just the word about avian us. flu the other day. Oh, so there you go. all the flus are coming. So back it's all around. coming back. But you know, it's hard. I think it's really hard, and I don't think I've necessarily done a very good job of it. And the poetry is an ideal example of that. that I've mm. already mentioned. Like, it's hard to like keep keep that up. And I think yeah. we've all gone back to a normal sort of a life, and so lots of things do get because you start socialising when we weren't necessarily and you know things go back to normal again it feels like forever ago but it wasn't that long ago no like the first what's it called fest which was the first big thing that we did pretty much after when gigs were back yeah not uh, not immediately after lockdown because a lot of things had gone back to normal but you know there was lots of gigs that were being cancelled around there or Mm. you know not happening or whatever and that was kind of one of the first big things and that's only that's only a year ago yeah september we covered it on this podcast we did indeed (laughs) episode 20 i think it was go back and listen yeah Yeah, actually i flicked through and i think it was (laughs) (laughs) research ladies and And that was so good i mean the joy of like going back to normal was beautiful but yeah there is you're right holding on to and i think the good thing about the podcast in a way that i haven't necessarily had you know with poetry or with, with other stuff that i do is that it's so set in stone? Yeah, and 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 I think that there's a sort of some vague expectation on it yeah. as well, which I which we really appreciate. I mean, I think people listen to it and listen to it relatively regularly. Yeah, it appears that way. I don't think it's like two hundred strangers every but, other week. <laughs> but what I love about that is it's all our own choosing. You know yeah. what I mean? That's it's the deciding to make something important, and the only reason you need to do that is that you decide it's important, or we. You know, work feels somewhat imposed by something else you know the need to make money is unfortunately the way that we have to be you can't survive in the world without it so that's why people feel they have to there's not many people that like feel like they're choosing to work whereas we're this is one thing that we are a hundred percent choosing to do and it's it's so freeing in that it's so it's really nice it's like we're holding ourselves to a standard for the sake of our choice in holding ourselves to that standard we've made it 
I mean, it's not clear that we have a standard, I'm sure, but <laughs> we, but you know, the expect, like you say, the expectation, the expectation is purely ours. Would you recommend to other people, keeping in mind, so going back to the like the last three episodes that we've done about lo-fi culture mm. and about like doing things, yeah, just do it yourself for the lols. Well, no, not for the lols. Completely <laughs> the opposite of that. So you obviously understood everything that we oh, talked about in the last three episodes. Chicken, Good job. Chicken. Good job we put so many hours of work into that. Um, <laughs> you know, in the context of like how how much you can get get out of a creative project that you yeah. do and thinking of this podcast in terms of it being a creative project, yeah. would you recommend it to other people? Because uh, I don't think that we naturally... It may. I don't know how it came across. I think we've there's certain aspects of both of our personalities which were very naturally suited to doing a podcast, I think. Yeah. In some ways, <laughs> I can probably see it in you more than you can see it in you. But um, but we definitely didn't find it remotely comfortable at the beginning. Oh God, no. Um, but we got but we got low that first episode that we did. We got loads of really lovely feedback f- mm-hmm. from it. And I think in a lot of ways that was probably because of the timing of it. You know, it was in the yeah. middle of COVID. Everyone had everyone was sad. Everyone had a lot of time on their hands. Yeah. And then two people that they knew or vaguely knew or or whatever, or some friend of a friend yeah. or whatever, had done this podcast. And so they all checked it out. And it wasn't like three hours long, like some of them got. It was like an hour. Uh, but we got loads of feedback. And I remember it being really, you know, not to... It was an, it was an yeah. ego boost, let's be honest. It yeah. was like really nice. It was yeah. really nice. And obviously that didn't last forever, and nor should it. We still get nice feedback here and there, but... But I just sort of feel like when we first went into it, we were we. I don't know if we would have even done a second episode if, for example, we'd put it out and like received no feedback from it whatsoever. Because I think when we finished it, we were both like, "Was that all right? Was that even a podcast? Is that yeah. what people do yeah. on podcasts?" I'd never listened to a podcast. I'd listened to you. You know, I'd overheard you listening to one, <laughs> but like I've never listened. I'd never sat and listened to one. Mm. And I remember. I mean, you'd suggested doing this a long time before we ever did it and I remember being like no 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 who would no we don't know what we're doing no way no way no way we don't know what we're doing we no, still don't know what we're doing but then eventually realising that that's not a reason not to do anything and um, that first episode just thinking I don't know what we're doing is this good also stupid things like listening to your own voice but is, so I, that was something I was going to bring up a stupid horrible thing to have to get over but don't you think it's and again, this is all, you know, bear with us. We are, as I said, we are just talking about ourselves on this episode. <laughs> but I mean, don't you think that that's kind of like a confidence booster? Yeah. Like one of the things that I would say, so going back to my question of like, would you recommend doing this mm. to other people? And no, none of you should do this, of course, because you should all just listen to us. You know, let's, let's not, let's not, let's not muddy, let's not let's muddy not the waters with more podcasts. We've got more than enough. Um, me. But no, like... You know, that's one of the things that I definitely found from it. I'm not actually that confident at talking to people mm. most of the time. I don't think this is always obvious because because um, I overcompensate. Mm. But I'm quite introverted. Yeah. I have that weird personality thing where I'm really introverted until somebody talks to me and then I suddenly become absurdly extroverted. Yeah. But I think that I've always had a really big thing. This comes from... Sorry, I'm going to... Fuck it, I'm going to talk about my childhood. Like, I've had this thing yeah. where like getting into a one-on-one conversation with people is so anxiety provoking for me and it always has mm. been because when I was young I remember like when I was really little I was in, like really really uh outgoing mm. and then at some point I I think it was probably when I was just like working out the very basics of kind of human interaction with other people 
I had a couple of conversations with people where the conversation died and there was some silence and I felt so awkward that that became like this huge thing in my life because I was like really young Mm. and I think that kind of like had a really big impact on my interactions with other people and to some extent I can still see obviously this is a long time ago and I've moved on a lot and been through a lot since then but like I still see that in myself now Mm. I still have that thing where I'm scared shitless of ending up in a conversation with anybody even like people that I'm close to if the conversation runs dry yeah but weirdly doing this podcast has made me so much more confident in that context because I suppose I sort of feel like well I talk into a microphone for like two hours or three hours or whatever it is every other week I seem to have a lot to say apparently I've got shit to talk about (laughs) so so I don't know I can't quite explain it but there is something about it that's just like it's sort of improved that bit of confidence about like being able to talk to people and sort of I suppose probably if you really like if you really peel the banana back and I have to say banana because I couldn't think of anything else to peel um (laughs) You know, it's probably just about, like, I feel more confident that I've got something vaguely interesting to say to people. Yeah. And I think the podcast it has totally done that. And it's made me more confident at things like when we play a gig, talking in between songs. Because right up until a year ago, I never played a gig unless I was pissed. Because mm, I could, And then I talked way too much <laughs> during <laughs> between songs. And that was a huge problem. But for the last year, apart from a couple pretty much the last year i've not been drinking drinking and so i think that doing this podcast has like really improved my confidence Confidence. not necessarily i'm not saying i'm better i'm probably not i'm probably worse but it's probably worse to be confident in a way (laughs) but you know i think it's really improved my confidence and i think as well just as a sort of observation that it's done the same for you it probably even more so you weren't in a band no. when we started this podcast. And do you know what? I don't think that I would have been confident enough to do the vocals in a band without this. Because so for me, it's very I, I think I share some of the same concerns with not having anything to say thing. But I think on the whole, I'm more I, I naturally a more confident person chatting to people than yourself. But it's something about the very sound of someone's voice so my voice the only person that's never heard your own voice is yourself um and there's something about recording your voice and hearing it back that i think everyone should do yeah it's weird even if just doing it there is a a weird like positive yeah aspect of that and i can't even i think it's a confidence thing but i think it's probably deeper than that it's it's something so weird because basically everyone will always say oh i don't like public speaking and i don't like the sound of my own voice um and not like in the sound of your own voice. It's just so. I can think of a alien. few people that fucking love the sound yeah, of their voice. True. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 it's a common thing to say. And when you think about it, honestly, you are, you are the only person that's never heard your own voice. Mm. Um. So when someone's like, "Oh, I hate the sound of my own voice," everyone else has been hearing it your entire life. Um. And no one else thinks it's weird because that's all they've ever known. And so I think the thing I got out of the first recording of our podcast was exactly that i heard it back and i was like oh like you immediately feel ill at the sound of your own voice which is so silly when you think about literally what that means and then within a few episodes i just got so used to it Mm. that it just makes you less concerned with that and it sounds really silly i'm isn't a mega thing to get concerned about there is something about once you are used to the sound of your own voice that you feel a bit more free 
to speak <laughs> i'm not doing it very well <laughs> but like <laughs> there's a little layer of uh, self-doubt that's removed so i think it's deeper than that i don't think it is anything silly i think the more I, the, the more i think about it the more i think that like not liking the sound of your own voice is like an ultimate metaphor for how we all hate ourselves yeah or the aspect of yourself that hates yourself yeah. that's like everything in your subconscious that says oh god don't you're not very that. good or yeah. uh, comes out in that thing of yeah. not wanting to hear yourself talk yeah. i think and so and i think that's what you know what you said before like just having that experience of of doing this and listening yeah. back to your own voice a bunch of times and i've done it a lot more than you because i have to edit this thing so i've <laughs> spent countless hours listening to us but it's weird it's it's effect i won't go into this too much but i um but i think that it's affected our relationship in a lot of ways as well i think mm. i've noticed the change in i mean our our relationship in the context of making a podcast but also probably in the grand scheme of things as well mm-hmm. yeah the process of actually making the podcast when i listen to it back i can hear like i i think i can hear probably better than you even notice that your confidence has got more over the course of us doing this yeah i think Maybe it's just that we got better microphones. I think, uh, yeah, this is the confidence-boosting microphones. Yeah, those those (laughs) Those first bunch of episodes, it was horrible listening to your voice. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's true. I'm glad I could put a filter on it with this new (laughs) software that we got, which, by the way, we still haven't paid for. So breakfastpunks.com forward slash Patreon. (laughs) No, that's not right. Patreon.com forward slash Find us on Patreon. We're there. We're there. (laughs) But, yeah, no, there's something about, yeah, confidence in speaking is something I've never had ever and i'm very much uh i can speak to people one-to-one i love speaking to people one-to-one because there's no pressure to please more than any one person and if that goes wrong you can just walk away really... <laughs> <That's the spirit. laughs> no no but there's... fuck them if they don't no, like me <laughs> no honestly there's there i i feel like i can do one-to-one talking but i can never speak in a group i can never speak in public and this whole notion of just speaking into a microphone and get, and then being able to hear it back is just is was just completely new but yeah there's something about this whole process that just made it so much easier to be confident in speaking and i yeah i don't think i could have or would have ever done vocals in a band had any kind of confidence to speak in between and think that it was in between songs in not between in between songs. gigs in between gigs i don't speak in between gigs everyone wishes but um and i'm and don't get me wrong i know that i'm shockingly quite bad at talking in between songs at gigs but the nice thing about doing this is it just it does it doesn't make me want to stop i'm just like oh well things will get easier the podcast got easier Mm. gigs will get easier the same with uh doing vocals in a band i was never intending on being a vocalist in a band i cannot sing i don't sing now i just yell but there's something about accepting the things well you can change your voice but just ex- just a level of acceptance of yourself that happens with voice and i think you yeah, were you were yeah, I didn't, you were yeah, alluding to something really yeah. subconscious i feel more self-confident the more i get used to my own voice because i think it's the most uh you aspect of you if that makes sense and all versions of it so learning how i sound with the podcast talking and then when we did vocals in the band i mean me and kathy spent months avoiding singing into microphones until we had a gig planned and it was a month away and then we were like one of us is gonna have to fucking sing and we and we decided both to do it but what i'd been doing in my car <laughs> is yelling into my phone every now and then and just getting used to hearing it so that when i did it in front of other people i already knew what it was going to sound like and so my freak out about what i was going to sound like would not be happening in the room with other people 
and, and you know, because it happens like you make a noise and you think fuck i thought it was gonna sound like this but i don't I sound like this when you get used to that you embrace it you know what you can and can't do and that's just that's part of self-acceptance mm. i think we don't forgive ourselves well not forgive ourselves we don't accept ourselves very readily but there's something about a voice and when you get used to what you sound like that i think just improves self-confidence hugely unless you do something very drastic you're not going to sound any different but so I th- you just I have to get true used of to all what creative you sound acts, like. though, isn't it? again not to keep going back but yeah. going back to all the stuff we talked about before it's like you don't know that you can write until you write yeah. that's why making a fanzine is good Mm. You don't know that you can sing until you sing into a microphone, yeah. and that's why joining a band is good. Yeah. Like almost doing anything. Yeah, you don't uh, but, know you but, can make a podcast until you have a go. And of course, no one can do anything until they've done it. Like it's you know you could, even something that you have to like put loads and loads and loads of work into. Yeah, someone has to put that work in. Uh, but you could, yeah, anybody can do it, can't yeah. they? But you just got to start. And it, and often what we tell ourselves, and what we definitely would have told ourselves about the idea of doing a podcast, podcast yeah, is. Oh, well, I couldn't do that. Yeah. That's what we tell ourselves all the time. Like people go, oh, it's so good. I could never do what you do. Or I could never do that. And you're like, well, you could. You just, Mm. I'm doing it because I've chosen to do it. Yeah, yeah. Like you could do whatever you're doing as well. And and there are some limits, obviously. Like, again, the sound of your own voice is is almost a non-negotiable. You sound like what you sound like. Yeah, I don't think there's any limits on creative things. There's limits on, like, you can't say, oh, I'm going to become prime minister next week. Like, obviously, there's there's limits. And that's where, you know, going back to our discussion of privilege, you know, there's difference in what you can do in that context. But as far as creative acts, apart from having a little bit of time to do them, yeah. There isn't really anything stopping anyone from doing anything in that context. Just in that, yeah. there's there's stuff stopping you from being successful. But, I th- but fuck being successful. That's yeah. not the the fun thing. Like to some extent, there's, there's been successes with us doing this podcast, like yeah. way more than I expected. Yeah. Like more people listen to us than I ever thought. Oh gosh, would. yeah. And that I'm not saying that we're breaking any you know records or anything. <laughs> uh, although we are going to do a chicken nugget challenge uh, <laughs> soon enough and break some records. Oh yeah, but. You know, it's been more successful than I would have ever thought it would have been. But that's not more and more. I mean, I don't even look anymore. I was to begin with, it was bad. Yeah, it was that fucking checking how many likes you got on Facebook or whatever. I've totally stopped doing that, and I don't really try not to check. I check more or less once a week when I'm uploading the next, or once every two weeks when I'm uploading the next one. I see how many people listened to the one before, and that's kind of all I do. But I used to do it about twenty times a day, Mm. and that was a fucking nightmare. But you know, but it has been it has been some you know more successful than I expected it to be. But that isn't in any way important. The important aspect of doing this podcast for me, and I think for you, yeah, is all of the other shit that goes alongside yeah. it. It's a lovely thing that we get to do together. Yeah, it's a nice opportunity like you say to just sort of research something that we would be interested in mm-hmm. anyway, and it gives you some sort of structure whereby you have to have something ready for like two weeks yeah, time so it's like do homework sort of thing. yeah but exactly that yeah. but homework Research. about fun shit yeah you know and like before like when self-imposed we were, homework yeah when I we were it. reviewing movies it yeah. meant that we sat down together once every fortnight yeah. and watched a shit movie mm-hmm. and that was kind of like fun it was just a shame we didn't know what we were doing as far as reviewing yeah but well, you know okay. it was yeah. like a nice it, so it, it's all the shit that goes into making the podcast that if not a single person listened to it as they may not after this shit yeah. show of an episode that we've just done. Well done. Um, <laughs> none of that, that that bit isn't remotely important. And again, yeah. I'd say exactly the same about being in a band. It's lovely yeah. that people like your music yeah. if you're in a band. It's lovely to play a gig and get some 
feedback from yeah. people and all oh, that shit. It's that's all brilliant, and it. I'm not diminishing that whatsoever. But the thing that is actually fucking brilliant about being in a band is getting together with some people that you like and, and creating, creating something, something and, and then at the end of it having something yeah. and then being proud of it. Even even if you know, I don't know, even if it wasn't very good, you could still be proud of it for all of the reasons that yeah. you've you've done it with you you know you've done it and i think it's a reminder not to seek that because i struggle with this and i think a lot of people do i struggle not to seek my validation from other people Mm. i mean it's why social media is rife because people put things out there in order for other people to view. well i think that social media has caused us all to feel this way more than more more, more so, i don't yeah. think i think no, i've always think, had a bit of this i'm yeah i'm sure you have but for most of your adult life there's been some form of social media yeah yeah, well, yeah. You know, maybe not in the way that we get it now but yeah. i think that i think you, you you never really experienced life when there was no communication between people apart from telephone or voice yeah you know and i'm not belittling yeah, you no, for that no, i'm just it's, saying it's like true. and i'm not saying i remember it that well but i just mean well, i think i do think that social media has yeah. kind of ruined us all no it really it really has and i think doing this especially like you say not focusing on feedback or reviews although those things are really lovely and we actually really appreciate them and <laughs> i'm gonna just totally double back on what i've just said i love <laughs> Please, i love for god's sake tell us that we're good <laughs> tell Please. me i'm good no but there's something about just doing it for the sake of doing it is such a life lesson like i i, I do it is a work to remind myself of this in other areas of my life but in this i genuinely like you say we the reasons we do it and and we said this really early on after that first episode when we were like you know what if no one listens it doesn't matter we don't have to do any more but then when we chose to keep doing more we were like well let's just do things we want to talk about and if no one listens to the some of my favorite episodes no one has listened to some of my favorite topics well let's just be clear not no one just a few less thank you a little bit less (laughs) but some of my favorite topics for example aren't everyone's favorite topics but do you know what i loved those two weeks of researching it and if anyone got anything out of it good and we got we get good feedback on those ones to be honest Mm. um again that doesn't really matter i mean it does matter but it's not the reason we do it. No, but there's two sides to it, isn't it? That like the feedback isn't just about peaking our egos. There's something yeah. about a communication level yeah. with the with the listener or whatever. <laughs> that like I think it's not necessarily about getting somebody saying, "Oh, that episode was brilliant." Mm. We don't really get that, but what we get quite a lot of is people like engaging with us about shit that we've talked about. Yeah, and that's really nice. And I that's love even, it. and that's like it's even better when sometimes you'll talk to somebody. I've met a few people that I've never met, never known before and yes. then had conversations with them about shit that we've talked about on this podcast. Yes. I mean, often I've been extremely socially awkward because as I stated earlier, <laughs> you know, I'm not very good at that kind of talking thing. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's it's like, it's not about feedback that's piquing your ego. It's just yeah. like, it's like, it's a communication thing. It's a, it's a discussion yeah. to some extent. And I Because that- we're having a one-sided discussion with you. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> breakfast punks. Breakfast punks of the world. <laughs> but yeah, I just think just to really hone in how much of a selfie this episode is and make we it very are self-indulgent. Brilliant. Not that I just think this podcast specifically, and it came at a time like I always credit the pandemic with forcing me to get into routines, and and I got better at the end of having all that time to ourselves. But actually, this podcast will probably get most of that credit for just so much routine and just self-acceptance and self-confidence. 
And I think every... So in answer to your question that you asked about half an hour ago, (laughs) yes, I think everyone should give making a (laughs) podcast a go. Or just fucking acting as if, even if you don't want to make one, go set yourself a weird... In two weeks' time, no, go learn about something that you didn't know about. And then be like, oh, look, in two weeks' time, I'll be the expert on, I don't know. No, well, better still than that. But but it could be anything. It goes back to the adult play, doesn't it? It's like, you don't have to do something that other people do. Yeah. Like we did, you know, we've that's what we fucking did. Yeah, everyone was making a podcast. So suddenly we're making a podcast, yeah. and obviously our podcast is slightly different to other people's, and probably <laughs> in that there's probably, no structure yeah, and it isn't complete, about anything. A complete disaster <laughs> in a lot of ways. But you know, why not? I don't know. What did the Cacophony Society do? They went on tube trains and had, had banquets, cheese, yeah. or you know, they decided that they were all going to dress as Father Christmas in June and chase a fish. Like, <laughs> make something up for yourself. Just do, do, <laughs> do something creative. But the, I suppose the for point the being, for it. the sake of doing it. Yeah. And really, that's what we're all doing anyway, because we're all screaming at the fucking abyss. You know, like, <laughs> we're both in bands that, you know, get gigs and have released records and all of this sort of stuff. But, like, fundamentally, no one's really listening to anything, Oh, Christ, no. No one's listening to this podcast. They just sort of tune in for the first couple of seconds, <laughs> listen to Ian McKay say something nice. Uh, <laughs> listen to a workout song and then fuck off and then it looks Fair like enough, it, it looks like bit. we've got loads of listeners <laughs> it is the best bit <laughs> no but i mean it like and i i haven't done it completely and no. you definitely haven't done no, it you haven't. Uh, like breaking away from the idea that anything that you do it makes fucking any difference whatsoever what yeah. anybody else thinks of but we live in a society and it's really obvious it sounds like a greetings card but i do th- i don't think people realize how affected they are by yeah. hearts and likes and yeah. loves and shares and all this shit that yeah. means nothing. Yeah. Oh, we've said this before. But do something. For, when did you last do something for yourself that you didn't show to someone else proof that you did it? I think that's a really important part of life. I think that everyone, that's, if I if I have any wise, again, I am starting a Luddite religion at some point. So <laughs> it's not really a religion. It will be some sort of movement. I'll make a pamphlet. I don't even know. But <laughs> oh, please do make a pamphlet. I might make a pamphlet. Luddites of the world unite. Well, that's, you know, be, that's going to, fall at the first hurdle isn't it because everyone's going to be like well he likes morrissey so he can fuck off all right well maybe not that <laughs> but, but you know i'd definitely do it in a paper in a pamphlet anyhow such a thing to do point being that i'm sure loads of people probably do this but if you're someone who shares a lot of stuff on social media mm-hmm. god love you i'm not having a pop just try you're looking straight in my eyes I'm try, so sorry. no just try doing something and then not yeah. something quite big yeah we did this we agreed once that we were going to make a really nice meal once a week and we wouldn't take photos of it yeah and we admittedly didn't do it for very long. We didn't do it quite as well as this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, it was quite. And it was sounds so stupid and it's so small. And I'm sure loads yeah. of people listening to probably think, "Well, that's absurd. I do that every night." But yeah. you know, like, for a lot for a lot of people, I think that would actually be kind of mind blowing. Yeah. Go to a gig and don't tell anyone you've gone to that gig. Yeah, like just don't even don't post anything. Don't even acknowledge that you've gone. Just go and have a nice time. Yeah. And like in our modern world. I do genuinely think that for a lot of people, that's yeah. mind blowing. There's no way it's like not going to the gig. Yeah. How if will you, you know if, you... if it isn't on the Instagram? Yeah. How will anyone know you did that? Anyhow, I really fucked this conversation up before. There's some outtakes which uh, we won't be sharing. When I asked Siobhan what she thought the law of this podcast was, and I answered the wrong law, so <laughs> and it got messy and we got really confused. Uh, so you won't be hearing any of that. But I think probably if there is a law of this podcast, law being like a tradition or like some you know some sort of like zeitgeist that we and have. that's a very podcast word to use. Now I know that you mean that law. <laughs> I think that's very telling of the podcast to use that word. Anyway, but you know, yeah. I, I think that i think that that's probably we we tend to talk about loads and loads of different subjects but if there's one thing that we keep getting back to 
it's kind of just this idea of I mean a lot of it is about me moaning about social media and the internet yeah. and saying things were better in the 90s yeah like, that's some apart of apart from law. those couple of years where they apart were. from 99 yeah but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that's probably it turns out yeah. most of our conversations no matter what they're about come back round as we've just proved yeah come back round to some sort of version of that do things for you and I do, yeah I do think there's some something wise to be learned from that Adult play, do things for you, and turn off your phone. And we probably will try and talk more about that in the in the coming weeks. Well, uh, how long are we going to do this podcast for, Siobhan? Oh, God. Well, we've gotten to 50. I feel like we've yeah. now got to go to 100. I don't necessarily Sorry, that sounds see... like a threat to anyone who's like, oh, God, I really hope they're wrapping it up. I tuned in to hear the goodbyes. Um... <laughs> no, but it's weird. I don't necessarily... Like, when I started this, it was in a time in that pandemic where yeah. I, it didn't even occur to me I don't often start things without thinking to myself well I'm going to do this for five do years for or ten years or twenty years or you know like I tend to have a pretty long term plan of things because yeah. I'm fucking you know a bit wrong yeah. but with this one when we started it because it was such a sort of random thing yeah. to do at a random time where everything felt a little bit like it wasn't real because yeah. we've been in pandemic and all that stuff I definitely had no idea whatsoever. I didn't go into this thinking we should do this podcast for ages. I didn't think yeah. to myself, I didn't have a clue what it would become. We didn't even know what the next episode was going to be or like what the subject matter of the podcast was. We just did a podcast about something that we came up with. I thought it would either end after a year or meet a natural end when things went back to normal. Yeah, but things have gone um, back to normal and now we're still doing it So I've, doing got, two, I've got two answers. Oh. I don't know which is correct. Is one of them next week? No, no, no. <laughs> one, this is the final episode, right? <laughs> yeah, goodbye, no. um, Fuck you all. One is, uh, there's two ways of doing it. There's either be like, cool, we'd have to think of a proper reason for it, but like in the way that Crass decided when they started the band in 1984, we will finish and we won't do it anymore. Mm. But yeah, we can either pick a, a number that is somehow meaningful and just be like, after that episode, there is no more. When did um, that time traveller say the ice age was starting? Uh, is it next week? I <laughs> no, don't know. <laughs> no, no, it's a few years away. But we could either pick a date and say proclaiming the apocalypse. I think I quite like that. By this date, it'll, it'll all be over. Mm. Um, or just keep no, going I, with I no end in sight. I don't see an end in sight. Until, until... I just see that. I just see the, the following next Tuesday. Yeah, two weeks. I just see two weeks' time and think, oh my god, we've got to come up with something to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> For, and and, and, we, and I love that. It got to that's the lovely uh, this self-imposed panic of shit. We've got to do the podcast. <laughs> it doesn't matter, but it does matter. That's the thing. It doesn't matter, but it does. Do things for you. I don't know when are we ending. Nothing this? matters. This nothing is matters. A, that's a very meta modern idea. Yeah. Nothing matters, but everything matters. Yeah, I'd like to leave it with that. There you go. <laughs> Tell you what matters. Girls Like Us, Indeed. the band, the lovely band from London and Marley. Not just Girls Like Us. Girls Like Us. No, you know girls like like all us the girls matter. that are a bit like Dave and Siobhan? Yeah, there's loads <laughs> of girls like you. Um, so, <laughs> Girls Like Us, they're a band from, uh, some of them are in London, some of them are in Margate. And this is a song called Spoon Fed. It's their new single, which is out on the 30th of November on Inner Magic Records. And it's also on the Loud Women Volume 5 compilation and the proceeds of which are going to Musicians Defend Ukraine. And it's fucking amazing, that compilation. You should definitely buy yeah. it. It's got Biss on it. Has it got Biss on it? Fucking Biss no on way. it. No It's got loads of other really awesome shit on it. I didn't but... know Biss were on it as yeah. well. Oh my gosh. Well... This is Girls Like Us with Spoonfed.
of pain And you always say I drink too much My friends do the same with the six of drugs There's only one way to survive in a world like this So I'm sorry if sometimes I'm a bitch And it's cruel to be kind The parole may be hard But I stand your blown up fake facade No consequences, always saying offenses No force, no penis, just disregard Listening to our fiftieth episode of Breakfast Punks. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Do you I think we? Know, do you uh, think we covered all of the uh, subjects that we planned? <laughs> a, we haven't planned anything, and B, I'd semi-planned some things in my head, and we didn't discuss any of it, and we, that is fine. We were actually going to uh, just list because it's gold anniversary if you fifty. We were going to list all of the things we could think of that had gold in the title, and then discuss them. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, I, I was had, hoping it would be better than that, but it would, it, yeah. I'm not going to yeah. discuss any of these, but I had the ska punk band Goldfinger, um, the dance pop band Goldfrap. Ooh. Uh, I had the fact that Shannon Hoon, the singer from Blind Melon, once painted himself gold in a video for the song Change. Aww. <laughs> it's getting a bit desperate at this point. Yeah. Goldfinger, the James Gold Bond film, because I've finger. just, in a bizarre Aww. turn of events, read a book about the Beatles and Bond. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Two things which I ha- actively dislike. Yeah. But after but reading, really like. but I loved the author, and uh, I wish I had talked about it in a way because it's a wonderful book. It's all about the way. Here's something crazy, oh, right? Gosh. This yes. is, no, no, just quickly. <laughs> So, the arms are know, in the air, guys. No, so whatever you think about James Bond and whatever you think about the Beatles, they are unquestionably like massive institutions, yeah. like insanely big institutions that, that you could almost argue that Britain, are, you know, once the Bond, empire, Beatles. once the empire had fallen, yeah, you know, what is what is Britain? It Bond, was like and Bond, the, Beatles, and the and Queen, fish and chips. probably, then the Queen's fucking dead now. Yeah. So and yeah, and fish and chips. And I think if you actually look on Wikipedia where it lists the countries and it gives like a two uh, sentence. 
uh, description of yeah. every country in the world or something. I think they are. They're both mentioned. Okay. Well, so here's the mind-blowing thing. Did you know the first James Bond film and the first Beatles single were released on the same day? Fucking In hell. 1962. That fucking is fucking hell. crazy. So, yeah, anyway, yeah, really interesting book. It's called <laughs> Love, and, Love and Let Die, and you should all read it. But the, the, here's the interesting thing about it. The interesting thing is that it's about Bond and the Beatles and then how they, like, created the idea of masculinity. It's not quite it's not quite described in that way because it wouldn't be very it's not a very popular way of describing it but that's pretty much what it's about mm. and it's really interesting because Bond is like this horrible pervert prick yeah who uh everyone thinks is cool and the Beatles are all about love and kind of and in comparison to like what masculinity meant before them although we don't see them as kind of being in any way pushing gender norms actually the fact that yeah. like they had slightly long hair and they didn't have gel in their hair and all this sort of all yeah. these weird things that don't that sound insane to us now yeah um they actually really did push things on and they weren't like macho and they weren't yeah they sang pleasantly about women as opposed to bond being yeah like, i mean not, not, all the, not all the time but yeah, yeah. in comparison <laughs> to bond yeah definitely Compa- and comparatively to many musicians at the time I imagine. yeah no absolutely and and so it, it, you can't see that now because they all just sort of look like boomers and they're nah. just rubbish but you know yeah it's mad nah, mad yeah. that they both came out on the same day and a, a brilliant book and really interesting there you go. So uh, with that, that see you later. Was things <laughs> be. And you're not going to mention Spandau Ballet Gold? Just didn't fancy it? No, I, have, I don't know if I'd finish my list, but no, that, oh. was, that wasn't on it. Was there any more on there? I can't remember. I had a load of different golds. Oh, the gold record by the Bouncing Souls, which I think is very underrated. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there's, there's all of uh, David's tidbits. If you'd like to send us any information about gold things or 50th anniversaries or just any feedback or reviews that you have for us, then you can do. You can email Get into us. a conversation with us. You can stop us in the street and talk to us. No, I mean as preference. in get into a sort of, yeah, I meant it more in a kind of oh, yeah. highfalutin. Let's have some that. communication. Let's communicate, guys. Let's communicate. Let's back and forth over email, uh, yep. shamsityroses at gmail.com. Or you can message us on Instagram. We are quite good at getting back on that. Just drop into our inbox and we will speak at some point. Please follow us on all those things. We also have a YouTube, which has... Loads Nothing of old on videos. it. I think we should stop. Uh, the YouTube's dead. No, YouTube's dead. Dead format. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about YouTube. Fuck that off. <laughs> um, and yeah, and as we've mentioned before, we have a Patreon. Thank you so much for our patrons. Is that what they're called? Or Patreons? Patreons. No. You can call them what they're... you want. I mean, within reason. Oh, lovely, nice. lovely buggers <laughs> that um, support us on Patreon. You we've almost do done too. a full year. We've got one more, and then we will have done 12 Yay! episodes of that as well. We will do another episode for that soon. And again, a chicken nugget challenge is our December special. And we might let everyone have it. We might just let Patreons. We don't know yet. You are going to be so lucky to watch us eat chicken nuggets really quick. Yeah. I should really probably quick. say I really well, hopefully we really have a quick. minute. Also to not, eat as many chicken, as we can. not chicken nuggets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Linda McCartney chicken nuggets. <laughs> but um as many as we can in a minute. That's yeah. coming up soon. We're gonna get a Guinness World soon. Record. Can you imagine if we were in the Guinness World Records we might get a couple of extra listeners. That's true. <laughs> I mean I'm gonna say we broke it no matter what happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the cat will be our judge. <laughs> if she makes it that way. Oh. Our cat's not very well, ladies and gentlemen. Please, Please send pray for her. Thoughts and prayers to Clockworthy Skeffington. Um, thoughts and prayers. She to seems a bit better this morning, but yesterday she looked incredibly sad all day. Mm. It was. I'm going to go try and give her a dreamy now. Very heartbreaking. Yeah. 
poor bugger. So that's a very happy way to finish the podcast, isn't She'll it? She'll be fine. I'm going to go give her a dreamy. She's basking in the sun. Let's improve matters by finishing with a song. Yeah. This is by Linsky. We played a Linsky Ooh. song uh, not too many episodes ago. No. Uh, they are from Manchester. The this is their new single, which is coming out on the 25th of November. So I think when this uh, podcast comes out, it will be a day-long exclusive of the new Linsky single, yeah. which is kind of tastes like iron. And we will see you in two weeks' time with an episode which actually has some sort of structure structure, and will be about something. Fingers crossed. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, you appreciate your